We'll be reading again from the book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 36. <coughs> Smaller segment of the passage of scripture we read this morning, Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 36. I want us to look tonight at the subject of messengers in the Christmas story. Luke chapter 2, verse 36. Would you stand as the scriptures read, please? Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years, who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in at that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who look for redemption in Jerusalem. Let's pray together, please. Father, we thank you for the good news of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the Christmas story. We ask that that story would be on our hearts and minds throughout the rest of the year. Father, may we all be about the business sharing the good news of Jesus with others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. So we mentioned two people were introduced to Jesus that day. Simeon, uh, the aged individual, of course. We saw the story of him, and just about time he was giving thanks and thanking uh, God and, and saying what he was saying about the child Jesus. He had him uh, in his arms. Anna comes in, and Anna, of course, recognizes who this is. Uh, Anna and Simeon were of a group of people known as the quiet in the land. They were people who quietly and devotedly waited for the consolation of Israel. And like Simeon and Anna, they spent time in prayer and devotion and watching for the Messiah to come. And it says that she was introduced to Christ, gave thanks, and then it says... Then she spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Israel. In other words, the other people like herself and like Simeon who were looking for the redemption of Israel. There were quite a lot of them at this time in Israel's history. Here's what we notice. We talked about meeting Jesus this morning. We talked about being introduced to Jesus. As soon as she met Jesus. She became a messenger for Jesus. Now there's a principle to live by. As soon as she met Jesus, she became a messenger of Jesus. Not with public meetings or sermons. The verb structure here is she spoke of him. That means conversation. Uh, one-on-one personal conversation. It doesn't mean public meetings and, and a public address and calling folks together and sermonizing. She spoke to him with the people she encountered. As she went through her life, her circle of people that she encountered, she spoke to them about Jesus. Well, the Christmas story is all about messengers. I want us to look at some of the messengers in the Christmas story. These are messengers who shared the good news of the event. The first ones we know about, of course, are the angels. We're introduced to the angels early on. 
God broke the silence of 400 years. It had been 400 years since he spoke to a prophet. The angel came to Zacharias. You remember that. Told him about he and Elizabeth would have a son. The angel came to Mary and told her about what was about to happen. And that she was chosen to be the mother of the Messiah that would come into the world. The angel came to Joseph. In fact, the word angel means messenger. In the original language, that's where we get the word evangelist. You see angel right in the middle of that. Angel means messenger. You know, we always think about an angel as doing other things. Well, specifically, they're angels of God or messengers of God, and they were busy at Christmas time. Three times the angels came to Joseph. You realize that. Came to him and told him about Mary. Said, you can relax. Everything's okay. Here's what's going on with, with Mary. Not only is everything well, everything's quite wonderful with Mary. Also, the angel came and warned him in a dream to flee to Egypt. You remember that? The angel also came and told him it's okay to come back. Told him to come uh, and to settle into Nazareth. Also, the shepherds. Now you back up since we're in Luke chapter 2 anyway to verse 8. They were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel, the messenger, said to him, Do not be afraid. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. They did as the angel told them. They met Jesus. And then it says that the angels, in verse 17, the shepherds, made widely known the saying that was told them concerning this child. You see the, you see the uh, pattern there? They met Jesus, then they became messengers for Jesus. Now like what Brother Jeremy said last week, they were pretty much some of the first Christian missionaries. They shared the message of Jesus Christ. Now, this is quite interesting too. Shepherds were a lowly lot. They were not looked upon. They didn't have a high status in life. But here's what happens when we meet Jesus and become a, a messenger. The shepherds took on themselves the role of the work angels were doing. Immediately their status was elevated. They're no longer just lowly shepherds. They are doing the work of angels. The same work that the angels were doing just a few moments before, they're doing now. Now how's that for elevating your life into a life of purpose? No longer just a shepherd. They're doing the work the angels are doing. That's exactly what we're doing when we know Jesus Christ. And as a church and as individuals, when we share Christ with others, that's the work the angels started doing. The angels started it. That tells me this, the shepherds became messengers. And let's look at the people who were messengers during this time. Of course, the shepherds made known the news about who? About Jesus Christ. That news, of course, they saw firsthand, but of course they made known what was delivered to them by the angels. They received the message from angels, they met Jesus, and they became messengers. We receive the message 
from other messengers, we meet Jesus, then we become messengers for Jesus Christ. Elevated their status of life, gave them a brand new lease on what they needed to do. Zacharias. Oh, in Luke chapter 1, you remember Zacharias. Zacharias was told by the angel, his name shall be John. Zacharias, of course, didn't believe God, and he was struck mute, could not talk till the child was born. They were saying, oh, let's look at little Zacharias Jr. He said, no, 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 he's not going to be named that. He was motioning to him. They gave him a tablet. His name is John. And it says, as soon as he said this, back in 63, verse 63 of Luke 1, he asked for a tablet and wrote saying, his name is John. They all marveled. Immediately his mouth was open and his tongue loose, and he spoke praising God. Part of this praise, of course, is mentioned down in verse 67 through uh, 79. Very sweet song. Some of the most beautiful words about Jesus you'll ever read. And notice in verse 65, Fear came upon all who dwelt around them, and all these sayings were discussed throughout all the hill country of Judea. Zacharias becomes a messenger and the things that he did and the things that they saw and the things they heard, they talked about it. They talked about it. I, obviously, this is a small town because people start talking about things. So they talked. They talked and they talked and they discussed these things. So we understand they became messengers. Anna, of course, became a messenger. We just read. She spoke about Jesus to all who look for redemption. That's a messenger. But here's another group of, of messengers that perhaps we don't think about until we look at it a little bit closer. Do some investigation, and that's the wise men. If you'll turn back to Matthew chapter 2, we won't read the whole story of them, but let's just look at the wise men. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that has been born king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. Down in verse 10, we'll skip the part through Herod. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. When they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. They fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened up their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. The wise men came from the east. Who are these people? Well, we've looked at this before. Herodotus, that's spelled just like Herod with another ending on it. Herodotus was a Greek historian who lived in about 484 to 415 B.C. That's when the wise men had already been established. The Magi, the wise men, were from Persia and Babylon area. The Persian Empire over in Babylon. The wise men were astrologers and scientists, and they were teachers and instructors for the empire. They were the college professors 
of the empire. They were scientists. They also were in astronomy. They looked at the stars. They knew the star. And they had seen this different star. And they had followed it. They had taken a trip traveling toward the star. The star, of course, that they knew was out of the ordinary. And remember, these were the college professors of the East. Now, if they were professors, they had students. They had students who would go to class under them. Now all the professors are taking a trip of 1,600 plus miles. That's not just a weekend off. That took months to get there and months back. Now, it's not just some trip to go sightseeing. They specifically were going to look for the king of the Jews and following his star. And they were following his star so they could go and worship that king. Not just find the king, but worship the king. It is a safe assumption that they would share their upcoming trips with their students. And it is a safe assumption when they got back, you better believe they told their students what they had seen. Because they, they saw this star. It's out of the ordinary. They're following this star. These are the wisest, smartest men in that empire. So you would, it would make notable news. They're leaving. They're following that star. You know, everybody wants to know when you get back what you saw and what you did. Now, what did they do? They fell down and worshiped Jesus Christ. And it's a safe assumption when they went back that they taught about the things they had seen on this trip for the rest of their life. They had seen a star, not just a star, but a star that directed them to a house in Bethlehem. That's pretty notable. And you know it's a safe assumption that they shared this with their students. But it gets even more interesting. How did they know that they saw the star that they saw in the western sky meant a new king? Well, there's some scripture about this. In Numbers chapter 24, verse 17, that is a passage of scripture from the law, some of the oldest books. Numbers chapter 24, verse 17. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. A scepter is a staff that the king would hold. It's a symbolic staff that was symbolic of his power as a king. So when it talks about a scepter rising out of Israel, it's talking about a king coming out of Israel. A star will come out of Jacob. That star will indicate there's a ruler coming out of Israel. Then turn to a passage that we read this morning in Isaiah chapter 60. Several passages in Isaiah talk about a light. This one gets down to some specifics. Some interesting specifics since we're talking about 
the magi or the wise men from a Gentile country. Isaiah chapter 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, his glory shall be seen upon you, and Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Did you catch that? Scriptures said that Gentiles and Gentile rulers would come to the star that would shine concerning Jesus Christ. Quite specific. Well, it gets even more specific. In verse 6, it says they shall bring gold and incense. What did the wise men bring as is recorded in the book of Matthew? Gold, frank incense, and myrrh. Gold and incense. 700 years before, it talked about a light, talked about kings coming to the light, and talk about, talked about them bringing gold and incense. And then, catch this. Look at the next sentence. And they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. The same prophecy that said the kings or the wise men or the, the forces of the Gentiles will come from the far and be with Jesus and bring the gifts to Jesus, those were, those were fulfilled to the letter. It also says, and these same people were proclaimed the praises of the Lord. Now, I take the Bible at its word. And you know if two-thirds of the prophecy come to pass, well, really... Three-fourths. The star comes up. The kings come to the star. The gifts are presented. There's three out of four. The fourth one is, and they'll proclaim the praise of the Lord. I know that that fourth one came true too. They proclaim the praise of the Lord as per the scripture and per the safe assumption they talk to him to their class for the rest of their lives. But now we have the question, how did a Gentile astrologer know that that star meant what the scripture said it did. Now we look through the scriptures. How did the Gentile astrologers know what the Hebrew scriptures would say about that star? Well, you find the answer to that, Daniel chapter 1, verse 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, and some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried to Shinar, to the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought articles into the treasure house of his God. And the king instructed... Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel, some of the king's descendants, and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish but good-looking, 
gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had the ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. Well, let's, let's look at what happened. The king of Babylon, which is exactly where these people came from since the Herodotus said they came from Persia Empire, which was Babylon. The king of Babylon, much earlier, had raided the house of God and brought the things of the house of God over to Babylon. Included in that would be the scrolls, the scriptures, the scriptures that tell of the star coming out of Jacob, the scriptures telling of the, the, the ruler that's coming and the light that would arise and the kings going to that light and they would find him. Those are the exact same scriptures, but watch this, it's even better. And not only were the scrolls taken over, some messengers were taken over as well. Now, we are introduced to them just in general here, but later on, we're introduced to four of them by name. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel. Messengers were brought from here to here. They thought they were going to teach the messengers the ways of the Chaldeans. Those messengers brought the news of God and the news of the Hebrew scripture and the promise of all this to the Babylonians. So, 600 years later, when a star arises over in the western sky, the wise men from Babylon knew what they were looking at because they had heard from the messengers 600 years earlier and the message of God that was in his scriptures. So you see how God works through history to put his messengers the right place at the right time that will make a difference hundreds of years later. So there's how we know the wise men were indeed messengers whose lives were influenced by other messengers before. That is the power of a sovereign God. Is there anything before we close?